Till I get home 
this is Nick from Bike Talk. Good. I'm wondering if you want to call in, like, uh, just call in now, you know. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. Well, anytime. I. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk later. I'll, I'll Facebook you. Because I'm doing, uh, let's talk later. I'll Facebook you because I'm doing the show right now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Are you listening to Bike Talk? And we're about to get started. If you want to call in, the number is 213 252 And we would love to talk to you about all bike stuff. I biked over here and um, it was great. I saw some fellow travelers in the rain. Always checking out people's gear, what they got. So, yeah, call in. I'm going to say it again. I'll keep saying it. 213-252-0998. And let's play the theme song and get this thing started. Cyclists Association, and we're a, an IMBA chapter, the local IMBA chapter for Los Angeles and Ventura counties. I always forget the concern part. I can't because there's so many different C's like coalition, committee, council. But um, so, what's going on? Well, last weekend was a great weekend. I tried to call in, but um, I was out actually doing trail work up on Sunset Ridge in the Angeles National Forest, and didn't have a signal a signal to be able to call you, but. Um, as you know, the Angeles Forest has been opened up. All the trails up there, are, or a lot of them, are, are accessible again. And um, oh, yeah. there also was the Angeles Crest Highway opened up last uh, Friday a week ago, so that's been great as well to have access via road and trail to a lot of our favorite places up in the mountains. How long was that trail, the road washed out? It was, it was uh, seven miles of the road between La Cunada and... Clear Creek and Red Box, which is on the way up to Mount Wilson, and basically that's the way most people from Los Angeles get into the Angeles Forest. For a long time it's been accessible via uh, Big Tahunga Canyon, but that's a, a much longer way around and a lot of people didn't know that you could get into the forest that way. Yeah, I know. I got stopped one time when I went up. The road just stops. So great, yeah. so now we can, can go. Yes, and it is open all the way to... Um, all the way to Wrightwood, so they opened the, the winter closure up at Islip Saddle as well. So it was, um, I was at the opening ceremony and it was a lot of fun to be there. They had um, several politicians come out and talk. Um, a representative from David uh, Dreyer's office came out and the first thing he said was, I'm an avid mountain biker and I love that we're going to have this road open again and we couldn't agree more. So what is the... 
but then when it um, when the gates were actually opened ceremonially, the, the two cop cars went off, uh, two sheriffs search and rescue, and then then about thirty bicyclists. So it's really great to see um, bicycles being some of the first people to enjoy the newly opened highway. What part of the of the of the national park did this happen in? This was on the on the two highway two, the Angeles Crest Highway, uh, about a mile north of the two ten freeway, right as you enter the Angeles National Forest. Okay. So they had to do some major reconstruction up there. It's uh, pretty impressive when you ride through and and see what they've actually done to stabilize the hillside there. What they do? They built this huge amphitheater. Um, Basically, they described it as a bridge underground. They had to dig uh, 60 feet into the hillside down to bedrock and put in steel beams to build an underground bridge to support the roadway from uh, from below. And then they also had to stabilize the hillside above. So you go through this one section, I think it's called Brown Canyon, and um, it's like a huge amphitheater. Like it's a tunnel? No, like a, uh, stabilizing the hillside down below. So as you're going along, uh, along the road, it looks like you're looking down into an amphitheater, like the Greek theater or something like that. It's just this big bowl-shaped thing. It looks like there should be a stage at the bottom of it. Wow. How much did that cost? I think the um, at the press conference, they said the cost of the reconstruction was $32 million, and it was closed for 18 months. Well, that's an important road. I mean, there's, that's like the only route to... Some places, right? Yeah, well, well Tonga, you said. after the fire, it was, it, we were basically cut off from the forest. Um, even the the forest service couldn't get up to the forest that way. But um, the other thing that they've also announced recently is that the Mueller Tunnel, which is a, a um, tunnel built in the 30s along Mount Low Fire Road, is um, also going to receive Federal Highway Administration funding to be rebuilt. I went and looked at it, and um, it's, in, it's closed because you come to the end of this tunnel on a fire road that leads up to Mount Wilson, and at the end of the tunnel is just no road left. It's just a cliff. They, the road washed away from, from the end of the tunnel. So that's all going to get reconstructed later this year. So tell me about the importance of the National Forest up there, the L.A. Forest. Well, it's the most visited national forest in the country. Um, it's a great place for for cyclists. You'll see road cyclists riding up the hill doing their training, and and along the Crest Highway, it's a, it's a favorite place. There was even the Tour of California had some stages that used portions of it. But um, and then the the trails and the park facilities themselves are the most visited national forest in the country being so close to such a large population center as Los Angeles. There's, the tour, there's um, the tour, a lot of pressure on it. The tour of California just happened, right? Yes, that was a few weeks ago. But, so they, were they able to use it? They had to uh, reroute the original planned section because they were originally planning before the station fire to use some of the section that was closed. But um, they ended up using a portion of it. But it was... Um, it went off, it was a successful event. I know I had a lot of friends who went up and rode up up the highway to um, to see 
all the races come through. I wasn't one of them. I was out on the trail, so. All right. So, so with uh, Corba, Steve, this is Stephen Messer of Corba. So, you, is this one of your, your duties to go and, uh, and was this like a, you were actually doing physical work, or were you just a... Last weekend, yes. Yeah. Um, we, we have a trail crew, a, a volunteer trail crew that uh, we take out and do maintenance on the trails. You know, the Forest Service doesn't have the funds or the resources to maintain their own trails. For the most part, they have a few big graders for the fire roads, but they really don't have uh, trail crews. They do get firefighters out there when, they're, when they aren't fighting fires. They'll get out and do trail work. But most of the most of the maintenance um, is done by volunteer groups. Um, the Corber is one of them. Mount Wilson Bicycling Association is another. There, there are probably 20 different groups in the Angeles Stunt Country who are working to keep trails in good shape, and it's all done by volunteers. Hmm. So that's how they do. The the Forest Service does most of their work through volunteers. Most of the trail repair and maintenance is done by volunteers. Yes. So would you, you uh, did you work on trails that were specifically mountain bike trails? Um, they're all, all the trails in the forest are multi-use unless they pass through wilderness, because there's no bikes that are allowed in the wilderness areas. So yes, they're all mountain bike, mountain bike and hiking and equestrian trails that we work on. Um, but we, we tend to choose the ones that are more popular for mountain biking for our trail work days. We did Sunset Ridge, which is just above Altadena, and is in fairly good shape, but um, I spent the day cutting back poison oak and repairing one bridge, and today I'm covered in poison oaks. And doing oh, no. That, at least I know that for the rest of the season. What? But, uh, well, wait a second. What, didn't, you wear, uh, didn't you wear gloves and stuff? Yeah, I'm fully protected, but uh, we're just hacking through it with, um, with hedge trimmers, and sometimes you pay the price, and... But at the trail is clear now, at least lower sunset. We still need to get back and do the upper sunset trail in the, in the coming weeks and clear that back. Oh. Well, I heard, what a sacrifice for us. So did you, can, what, what's a good trail? What's something that we should head up there and use? Well, the most popular and easily accessible trail in the Angeles Front Country is uh, Brown Mountain and El Prieto. And they're really popular, they're really common. We've spent a lot of days working on the El Prieto single track, um, restoring it because a lot of it was just washed away. Where the where the creek bed that it runs along was uh, two to three feet wide after the fire and the subsequent big storms, a lot of the canyon wash became 30 to 40 feet wide and um, completely changed the landscape. So we had to do a lot of rerouting of trails. We had to um, assess what damage could could be done, what needed to be rebuilt. And when we're out there rebuilding, we're trying to use a lot of natural material rather than bringing in stuff. So we're using a lot of rock to support the, the edges of the trail and things like that so that it looks a lot more natural than bringing in wire and baskets and, and other man-made materials. What's Corpus' budget in all this? Uh, we do have a we have a trail crew budget. We also have a grant from REI to restore trails, so we, we're using that those funds to buy materials. And when people come out and do trail work, we usually give them food and t-shirts, and there's some there's swag that we give away sometimes, and 
and we support our volunteers that way. Hmm. All right, well, let's see. I got uh, Chicken Leather here. Chicken Leather, did you have a question or, or something for Stephen? What else is, co is coming up? Uh, well, I saw Chicken Leather last Sunday at the L.A. River Ride, too. I was, I was out there um, as a volunteer as well on Sunday, and that was a great event. Yeah, well, I guess we got to unpack that today. We're, we're going to hear this, Steve? Yeah, we're going to hear Steve again. Okay, well, apparently we got an interview with you that we can hear in Two a minutes. minute. Two minutes. Saying the same thing you just Saying said. Saying the same thing you just said. <laughs> Basically, yeah, so I don't know if you need to play it, but yeah, um, yeah I updated Chicken Lizard on a lot of the things that I didn't get a chance to say on Saturday about the forest trails being opened and the forest highway as well. Um, one issue that I want to mention is happening down in Whittier in a place called Turnbull Canyon. There's, um, there's a, a local trail system that's also a lot of fun, a lot of, be of beginner-friendly trails. Actually, I do have a question. easy trails, and for those who are more adventurous, there are some more difficult ones and, and exciting ones. But the local council down there have, has received a few complaints about people parking on the street in front of their houses and of course the most obvious ones are people who show up with bike racks so they've complained to the city council so the city council is looking at how they can solve parking issues for this particular trail system because at the trailhead there's only space for about six or seven cars so people park in the neighborhood down the street on beverly boulevard so i was at the transportation commission hearings last week talking to them about their options and one of the options that they came up with was to close trails for mountain bikes and um, that isn't an option we don't think they're going to go that way but there is a an issue that people do need to be aware when you whenever you're going out and doing activities always be respectful of where you're parking the vehicle and and what's happening in the neighborhood that you're you're visiting mm -hmm. yeah and then um so if, if people want to get in touch with corba What's, a good, what's your website and uh, info? You can search for Corba MTB. It's C-O-R-B-A-M-T-B for mountain bike, dot com. Okay. Well, so you're going to go represent in Whittier and wherever yeah, else? Yeah, I'll, I'll be going to the Habitat Authority, which is the land manager there who, who manages the trail system, and speak to them as well because the transportation department saying it's the habitat authority's problem because they're the ones who are bringing the people to the area by having such great trails mm. and the habitat authority is saying it's the transportation department's problem because they're the ones not supplying parking so, so they, they keep want to pass the bus between each other and eventually we hope it gets solved Hey, hey, Steve, Chicken Leather here. I, I, um, I know we talked a little bit, but um, I, was, I had a question more along the lines of uh, some of the coverage on television if you've been watching. I, I don't know if it's just something to fill the time between one rugby match and another rugby match, but um, they've been showing some mountain bike racing, specifically some of the women, and I was just amazed at the, uh, the Chinese entry. I think her name was Xin Qing, and she just was tearing up this mountain and then uh, towards the end, just ran out of gas. It was like she was leading for like every lap until the last one, and then bang, nothing there. I, I'm, I, I was, I was just amazed. Can you comment on uh, maybe conditioning and, and maybe not not specifically her case, but 
how do you condition for a ride like that so you don't just sort of boink on the, on the last uh, lap or something? Well, conditioning for it's a matter of getting out there and doing the right training for what your intended goal is. Whether you're trying to get into um, distance riding, you need to train for the distance. And if you're trying to go for speed, you need to work on on speed training. But as far as running out of steam at the end of an event, it's all happened to all of us. We call it bonking. And it's basically a condition where you're, you've depleted the the sugar stored in your blood, you don't have anything left. So, so eating appropriately during the activity is one of the most important things. Eating and hydration, um, keeping your body fueled with the, the electrolytes, the fluids, and the calories it needs to keep on putting out the amount of output that it's doing while riding a bike. Yeah, it's so often we think of just, like, you have to keep hydrated, but you have to also get, like, some fuel into that engine, too. Yeah, we, we go through the what's called glycogen stored in the muscles in, in most people in about two hours, and then you switch over to a, a different metabolism where you're burning more fat than, than muscle sugar, and the gap in between those after your blood sugar runs out and your your fat metabolism kicks in you can sometimes feel it like you're getting a second win once this other metabolism comes in but if you eat correctly you can you can hold off that that um, time when you do run out of glycogen stores in the muscles yeah if you're if you're somebody like myself you you, you forget about that when you're on a bike ride sometimes you get too elated in the in the motion well, we want to thank you again, Steve, for calling, and we'll, and we'll look forward to and we'll look forward to hearing from you in the future. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, keep up the great work, and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks. Okay. And that was Stephen Messer um, of Corba. Well. Yeah. Quite a quite a. Uh, Adventurous kind of uh, uh, thing. Oh, there's the phone again, Nick. Why don't you answer it? It's actually pretty good, just on the. Bye, Tom. Hello. Hello. Bye, Tom. Hey, this is Woody. Hey, Woody. Hey, how's it going? I, you good. Got a really important ride today. Yeah, actually, we have three rides today that are all going to go down to South Central Farm. Wow, three rides. Where three this... rides. Well, so where do we start in talking about this? The South Central Farm. The South Central Farms, for people that don't know, was a 14-acre farm on Long Beach and 41st that was really, really great for many years until it got bought up by Forever 21, and they wanted to turn it into a warehouse. And now it's basically an empty lot of nothing. Owned by Forever 21? What is that, a clothing store? Yeah, a clothing store. Okay, so before that, it was a community garden feeding, like, uh, 350 families or something, right? Yeah. And they all got kicked out. Yeah, they got evicted by the police. And, and, they were, and they were bulldozers, and people were chaining themselves to the property. And yep. Climbing the tree, and Daryl Hannah was there, and Julia Butterfly Hill, and, and Jerry Quigley, and Ralph Joan Nader, Baez. Joan Baez. Yep. It was a huge, huge thing in a lot yep. of people's lives around here. And mm -hmm. so now we're, what are we doing? 
we're trying to get the land back. The land is currently in escrow, which means that someone may be buying it, but there's also for sale signs up. So we're, we have no idea who wants the land, and we know that the land is much more money than we can afford. But we want the government, Jan Perry, the city of Los Angeles, to buy that land so that we can have it as a farm again. Now, the, the, there was a price, it was $6 million, right, at one point, wasn't it? Something like that? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of prices, and they're all in the millions. I believe that they bought it for 5 or $6 million, and they're wanting us to, like, pay something like $15 million or some crazy shit like that. And um, I'm not exactly sure about all the prices and stuff like that that were offered, but I know that they want to sell it now. Um, so what are we going to do today? We're going to ride down there with three rides and show our support for the farm. And we're also going to call Jan Perry. And her number is 213-473-7009. 213-473-7009. Jan Perry. Okay. Jan Perry. Yep. She's and people can nine. also email her as well and tell Jan Perry that the community wants the farm. The community wants the farm. Yep, and this this is what we need for a green L.A. We need to be able to grow our own food. We need people in South L.A. to have good, healthy food that they can grow themselves. Okay, uh, it's chicken leather's here. You know chicken leather? Yeah, I know chicken leather. Oh, okay, Woody, you're you're really simplifying this thing. Let's let's be let's be real. At one point, the South Central Farm was was feeding something like 256 families, and it was uh, their invested interest. And then because of some backroom deals, which we won't go into right now, we're going to try and streamline this for everybody, mm-hmm. they, they took this uh, upon themselves to actually stage a quiet civil protest. But some of the people at B, and we've never really, some of our city council leaders have never really defined what their position was on this. At one point, even the mayor came out when he was trying to get elected, and he said, yeah, I'm going to stand behind you and everything. And then when he was mayor, the same day he was mayor, he was breaking ground on the Nokia Center. And as we all know, the Nokia Center has already been built. They have events there. Um, they were uh, hauling people away down there, uh, the sheriffs and stuff, under the auspices of the quote-unquote owner who said, hey, I want the land cleared any way mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. And, and then, of course, in between this and now, there's been the bottom has fallen out of the uh, investment market. Uh, there's basically not enough money to do it. In the meantime, all the environmental uh, in, uh, reports have come back, their, their EPA reports and everything, um, and they found out that uh, if indeed you had a quote-unquote uh, Forever 21 type of operation there, which is basically just... Uh, unloading barges from Long Beach, trucking them, or quote-unquote, they're saying, oh, no, we're going to do it green with rail. Either way, you're going to have them there, and the trucks that are the distribution hub would have been polluting. They would have been, they don't even turn their trucks off. They would have just been going 24-7. So you would have had a garden being replaced with something that just makes smog all day. Exactly. And so now we've gotten to a point where, this land sort of reverted back into what it was before, which was just a vacant lot that nobody cared about. And now, because they see how expensive it's going to be to get permitting, 
to get all the, the right um, infrastructure reports and, and the public behind them, especially the, the neighborhood, that it, it might be advantageous to, to go back to uh, something else. And they're saying, oh, this is ridiculous. We can't, we can't be involved in this anymore. We want to sell it straight out. And so that's mm -hmm. what's happening, right? Something yeah, like that's that. that's what's happening. Okay, so tell me about the rides. Where are they starting from and how do I get involved in them? Okay, well, there's three different rides. Uh, I'm going to be leading one from MacArthur Park. We're meeting at noon okay. on the corner of Wilshire and Parkview. Wilshire and Parkview. Yep, Wilshire and Parkview. That's, that's around where Nick lives, but we won't tell anybody where he lives, really. And it's around where I live, too. <laughs> that's why I'm starting the ride there. Oh, well, that's easy. You just have to sort of <laughs> my brush your teeth and crawl out of bed. Yeah, well, I've been out of bed for a long time because I'm getting some uh, food ready for the ride, too. Oh, that's all awesome. The riders are full of a bunch of good food. So so just to answer the, the question before, we were asking about what do you do to keep from, like, falling apart on the ride. He was saying get some good nutrition. You're going to provide some nutrition for us to make this arduous yep. task. Yeah, I got a bunch of good vegetables and beans that uh, are going to go on the ride with us. Awesome. So, uh, where's, where's uh, part two starting from? Well, part two of my ride is going to go to Expo Park. Okay. Now you're going to pick up more people from there, I take it. Woody? Yeah, we're going to pick up more people. We're also going to visit with Community Services Unlimited, which has an urban garden there. Oh, awesome. Oh, the we, corner, we know these guys. They, yeah, they, the corner they, they, of Menlo and King Street. They always go out for, for like, the... Uh, the Earth Day, which we always yep. sort of relegate to one day in April. Earth Day South LA, folks. Yep, that's them. We're yeah, going to stop by their community garden. This is your chance to actually step up and make Earth Day more than one day a year, right? Yeah, we're going to show people this is a community garden in South LA. This one is much smaller than South Central Farm is, but it's a vision of this is what we can do with land when we garden on it. Uh-huh. And there's going to be a little presentation about what CSU does, and then we're going to leave there at 2 o'clock. So people can meet us down there if they're over in the USC area. And if they're running late like me. It's, and if it's they're like, running late, they can get down there right. as possibly faster than us, especially if they're coming from one of the other areas in town. Uh -huh. And then from there, we're going to go to the farm. Well, that sounds cool. That so sounds that's really ride cool. number one because it's the one that leaves first to get to the farm. Okay. And then ride number two is leaving from Watts. Okay. At 115th Street. That's 118 East, 115th Street at Grisby Park. Now, and I'm this... I'm laughing to myself because I know exactly who that is, and everybody goes, oh, man, how do you know the hood? Dude, that's like, that's only like about 10 or 15 blocks from, from like the Watts Towers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you get to see the cultural kind of display, and everybody thinks when you go to Watts you're going to get jacked or whatever. That's not true at all. This is like some of the most stablest communities. They've been around for longer than 50 years, and you get to actually see people that have invested in their houses and stuff. Right. Yeah, well, this ride will actually probably be a bunch of people who live in the area coming up to support the farm, and they are also doing some weeding, watering, and dirt moving to improve the area along the trail. Mm -hmm. 
So people can actually green their neighborhood on the way to the visioning of the South Central Farm on this ride. Pretty awesome. Now, yeah. if, if you're like myself and have, have uh, other community service things, Pans, how can, how can we help the farm in the future if we can't do it today? Definitely calling Jan Perry and telling her that we want to farm is a good way. And okay. we'll also have a new garden on 105th and Normandy. It's going to be a small garden, but we're going to start working there, and we're going to have a groundbreaking event at some point that people can come to. Okay, so... Uh, once again, what's Jan Perry's number? She's the city council person out there, and you can express some sort of uh, opinion to her and how she should vote. It is 213-473-7009. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and for a while there, Jan Perry was has some meritorial aspirations. She wants to run for mayor. I think this would be a good starting point. Good platform for her, huh? Yeah, this might be something to turn around from the fact that, first of all, she brought the farm down, and now she's bringing it back. That would be a good good starting way for a green mayor to work it out, I think. Yep. All right, Woody. So um, we know you get around with your thing. How much How much weight are you hauling today, just to give people an idea of what you do? Um, I don't know exactly how much stuff I'm going to be hauling. Sheer tonnage, come on. Uh, it, it won't be too much, maybe 100 pounds. Uh, maybe 100 pounds, okay. Well, I challenge anybody else to do 100 pounds on their butt. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Woody. We're going to get well, to... There's, uh, there's one more ride that i got to tell one you One more ride. About. Tell me about yeah. the one more ride. This is the, the ovarian cyclists are going to have a ride that's going to start at Corazon de Pueblo. Uh-huh. And... It's going to go down to the South Central Farm at 2. Okay, can you explain what an ovarian cyclist is? They're a group of female bike riders. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. They're, it's going to be a, this is going to be a female-led ride. The other two rides are going to be led by men. One of them is me, mm -hmm. and the other one is Alex. And this one's going to be led by someone from the... Ovarian cyclists. So, is there going to be more spitting on the men's rides and, and, and rorious, rambunctious kind of behavior? No. Oh. So, what's the advantage of going with the women? The oh, advantage God, is I'm that an idiot. The idea is that we have three rides from three locations going to the farm. That it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman on any of these rides, right? No, but for okay. some women, they will feel extra excited about going on a ride that's been created and led by women. Okay. Well, maybe we'll address that next week on um, Chicks on Bikes, but uh, we want to thank you today, Woody, for calling in and telling us about these rides. Yeah, thank you for letting everyone know about it. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Hope to see you guys out there. Bye. I know you, I know you want to... Play something. I know you got it queued up, but I told Carlos Morales we'd call him. Is that okay? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Carlos is from the East Side Bike Club, and he's probably doing some sort of ride today. And uh, we know that he always gets out there. Hey, uh, um, all sorts of things going on. And, in fact, uh, we we always here on Bike Talk try to keep abreast of what's going on there, besides the fact that uh, I got a little bit of uh, 
snut out there today. That meaning, yeah, it's raining actually in Los Angeles. A little yeah. cloudburst while I came into the studio. So um, I would have made it here a little faster. It's just that uh, it's kind of funny. You just mentioned rain today. It was misting and it just smashed up. Well, anyway, he's got Carlos on the phone. Ride safer. That's all I got to tell you. This is Nick from Back Talk. How you doing? Oh, he hung up. We're we're trying to get Carlos here on the phone, um, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, try and give yourself a little more time. I know everybody goes, "Oh, what's time have to do with safety and rain?" <laughs> well, let's put it this way: unless you're underground and have don't have to travel with uh, uh, traffic uh, that seems to travel at the same speed, I never understand that. It's like water inherently kind of provides a uh, viscous kind of surface that you can slide and do all sorts of fun things on asphalt, but it also presents itself as a, as a worthy hey, thing. We got Carlos here from Let's the Eastside Bike Club. Today. Well, today the uh, Eastside Bike Club is actually having a uh, cancer awareness ride. We started this morning at the border of uh, El Sereno, Alhambra, and South Pasadena. There's about 15 people showed up on the ride, and right now we, we just made our first pit stop at, uh, at Alberta Street. And basically what we're doing is uh, uh, going through a leisurely uh, bike tour of the city on the, on the, on the northeast side. And uh, we're going to end up in Lincoln Heights at a place called the Barber House. At the Barber House, uh, we're inviting everybody to come on down throughout the day. There's going to be a couple of food trucks coming dropping in throughout the day. Uh, people will get, get uh, haircuts, all the uh, haircuts that they get is going to the Abigail Foundation Cancer uh, Foundation. And there's also going to be uh, uh, some wine and cheese tasting and a lot of fun. There's a DJ with music. So be a lot of fun. Also with us today is a couple of members from the uh, San Gabriel Valley Bike Coalition, Vincent Chang. And, he, and he's, uh, he's here with us. And actually, he had some very interesting news. Uh, for all the listeners of uh, things going on in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, well, are we going to hear from him, or should we? Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me pass him on. Okay. Vince, this is Nick with Mike Talk. Hi, Nick. This hey, is uh, Vincent Chang. How hey. you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? So you're, you're with the San Gabriel Valley Bike Coalition? Uh, yeah, the West San Gabriel Bicycle Coalition. And uh, what, what are you doing out there today, supporting uh, supporting Carlos's ride, the cancer ride? We, Yes, we are uh, out here supporting Carlos' ride. Uh, despite the uh, little uh, overcast, uh, still a fun ride. So, <laughs> some people like biking in the rain. That's right. So, um, so what do you, what kind of work are you guys involved with at the San Gabriel Bike Coalition? Well, right now we're actually uh, we're in the formation stages. Uh, we're associated with the LA County Bicycle Coalition. Uh, and our goal is to make uh, bike access, uh, uh, improve bike access in the San Gabriel Valley, uh, namely the uh, Alhambra, Monterey Park, uh, El Monte area, um, you know, Montebello. We're trying to work uh, and uh, make things better over there. Cool. So, and, uh, so you're putting in, uh, you're trying to, how do you make things better? Well, we're uh, trying to work with the uh, government, uh, you know, the various uh, city councils. We try to get bike lanes, uh, you know, bike paths, cycle tracks, uh, whatever we can uh, get in there to, you know, help out the community, the, the cycling community. All right. Sounds good. And what's, what's your website? 
Uh, right now, we actually uh, uh, don't have a website yet, but we do have a Facebook page. The Facebook is uh, SG, uh, I'm sorry, it's Bike SGV. So B I K E S G V as in the San Gabriel Valley. Good. And uh, so you're going to get a free, uh, not free, but are you going to get a haircut today? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> my hair is really short. <laughs> okay. But next time I have to go with uh, to cut it. <laughs> okay. You get it shaved off. Right, right. So, uh, but uh, we're, we're supporting, uh, you know, the cancer awareness. Uh, I think uh, uh, my personally, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, people who have cancer. Uh, and it's not a fun thing, certainly. And, uh, you know, whatever support uh, we can give, that's, that's what we want to do. Well, yeah, we want to support the ride, too. So, and, uh, right. so, so where, where can people come down if they, if they didn't catch the start again? Uh, well, right now we're actually at the uh, uh, Plaza Vera. So, and I think we're going to head to uh, Lincoln like Heights, so right? You, okay. Right. So I'm I'm following Carlos today. He's you know he's the man. So. Okay. Right. Thanks, Vincent. Great. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to give you back to uh, Carlos. Okay. Great. Uh, kind of what the models are doing. Hello. Hello, Carlos. Yes, sir. So how's the how's the Olvera Street look today? Uh, I I didn't hear you. Pardon me. How's the Plaza Olvera looking? Oh, it's all uh, pretty good. Decorated with a lot of uh, papel picado, which is a real colorful rainbow. Uh, uh, paper that they hang over over the top at the plaza. There's uh, tour buses showing up. There's like four tour buses there. So, uh, the, all the stands are open. They have a little burrow over there, people taking pictures. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You know, it's a, it's a little bit overcast, but uh, the temperature's right. It's not too cold. It's not very hot. Nice. Um, so it's a good thing. So you do a ride every, like, like once a month or twice? Yeah. Uh, actually, we we ride every Tuesday night at seven o'clock, and uh, basically we meet at the corner of uh, Valley Boulevard and Eastern Avenue in Al Sereno, and um, those are the weekly rides. And then on the weekends, we we either have a ride on Saturday or Sunday, and it, and it varies from time to time depending on what's going on in the city. Cool. And we get in so, touch with you on Facebook or. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to uh, Facebook, you can go to Eastside Bike Club. Uh, Eastside is one word. Eastside Bike Club, you're going to see our little logo there of a, of a wheel. And uh, just come up. We post all of our, our things there. Um, also, I'll, I'll give you the, the number. If you uh, if people don't have Facebook, they want to contact us, they could do it at 323-221-7400. Seven four zero zero, and they could email us at bikesinla at yahoo.com bikesinla at yahoo.com right, Thanks a lot, Carlos. Thank you, and good luck with the rest of your ride today. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, Chicken Leather, what do you got? What? I'm sorry to be... Uh... No, no, that was, that was pretty fantastic. You know, I always see Carlos out there. He was on the uh, a couple of rides. He's been out there when Manny um, in... Um, not not the other man, not JPL Manny, but the other man. He got uh, uh, hit on his bike. He was out there for uh, some of the memorial there off of uh, um, Hoover with uh, a crew, and, and lo and behold, he he rode that uh, Posada, you know, the the little uh, skeleton that he they used to do for the Day of the Dead in memorial. Mm-hmm. 
all over town. I thought it was going to be a little short ride. The next thing you know, I was all the way in Beverly Hills coming back the other way. And, man, if he wasn't just, like, killing on that thing. A lot of people forget that uh, Carlos started out, like, kind of, I I don't want to say he was fat, but he he had some weight on him. And he, through biking, he's he's lost that, which seems to be a a trend. And we'll we'll hit upon that in a little bit. But uh, it's a good way to stay fit. Everybody seems to forget about this, and we only think about it when we're... uh, can equate it with money or some sort of trend or, or something. And that's uh, uh, kind of what I wanted to qualify and talk about today, some of the other things that aren't exactly um, resting in a, in a quote-unquote money kind of monetary way. You're, you're looking at me like, oh, God, we have to listen to something else besides money. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's not about making money. It's a quality of life issue, and I think that's what they're trying to do in the South Central Farm today. Um, or at least what was left of it down there. So um, this is Bike Talk. You're listening to Bike Talk. It's streamed live on Kill Radio and the podcast on kpfk.org. And uh, I really don't mind hearing about things that don't have to do with money. What do you got? Well, well, one of the things that the kids are all into now is the, the TMZ. So uh, let's, let's see if I can um, wind up the radio here for a second. Crank up the old... That's the phones hey, again, Mr. Hammond. Hi, it's April. Hey, April, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? Good. We were just talking about the ovarian ride that's leaving today. Speaking of April, this is April from Chicks on Bikes. Hi, everyone. There's an ovarian ride. Did you know? I did not know. I, I, um, I did not know. What's that all about? Well, I know what it's all about. Where is it? It's, well, I know where it's going. It's going to the South Central Farm. Oh, nice. Do you remember where it's leaving from? Uh, uh, somewhere in East L.A. Going from East L.A. to the South Central Farm. There's a few rides converging on the South Central Farm today. Oh, that sounds amazing. Is anyone going to do video or take photos of it? I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll book over there after. We'll run over there. Solicit for photos. People can put photos or email us photos. We'd be happy to share them with everyone. Okay. Well, I mean, I was hoping to get. I, I got my little recorder, so get some audio. Cool. So, um, what's well, going on? I wanted to say that I went to Ventura yesterday to welcome in the life cycle riders, and that was amazing. Oh yeah, what was that like? Um. The life cycle riders came from. From San Francisco? Yeah, the AIDS Life Cycle riders, they finish today. It's a seven-day ride. They go from San Francisco to Los Angeles, about 100 miles a day. And last night, they came into Ventura, and it's their final night. Last night was their final night. They do an amazing candlelight vigil on the beach with, like, 3,000 people holding candles on the beach in the dark for um, people who have died of, you know, HIV and AIDS and people who are still suffering. And uh, it was really powerful. It was really, really amazing. I mean, the production of the event is remarkable, and the support that these writers get um, was, it's just amazing to see an ocean of bicycles. Everybody's there to help. Everybody's loving and 
committed to the cause and committed to helping their fellow cyclists and talking to each other and really, really wonderful. So, um, a bunch of pictures and I'll be putting them up on Facebook. And I found some guests for the next Six on Bikes. Oh, right, which is in two, not next Saturday, but the Saturday after the, what is it, the 25th? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 25th. Um, so that'll be great. And um, so we can find you at where? Um, you can find me in the Six on Bikes dash SoCal page on um, Facebook. Okay, cool. So what's going on today? Anything else? Um, today I just finished a ride in Griffith Park and Elysian Park. That was really fun. Did lots of hills. And, um, By yourself or with a group? Oh, with a group. I'm starting to train for a triathlon in September, and I trained with um, teens and age. And we did about a 20-mile ride, um, lots of hills, and the weather's gorgeous. And uh, I'm going to go eat. <laughs> How long did 20 miles take today over the hills? Um, I don't... I don't really know. I didn't. I didn't look at the watch when I started. It was a couple hours. A couple hours. All right. Well, get something to eat. <laughs> Thank you. Right. You guys have fun and um, let me know how that ride goes. And I can't wait to see you uh, take pictures. I'm excited. Okay. I'll try to do All right. that. I don't mean I, I don't have a camera, but I'll try to get somebody to take well, pictures. I'll do a camera phone. Okay. I'll try to get a camera phone. No, you have one. It's full. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll bring somebody with a camera. Well, download it, baby. I don't know that has a camera. All right. Well, All right. Um, everybody have an amazing weekend, and um, I will be in touch soon. Okay, cool. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And so somebody was telling me that today is also the fifth anniversary of the South Central Farm. Um, that's uh, there's some sort of celebration going on. So if you can't get to one of these rides or or the ride that's going there, they're starting something at eleven o'clock uh, this morning, going until nine o'clock tonight. So there's uh, there's no reason to miss it. Uh, I think also they're going to uh, talk about uh, a couple other things. Um, the we we always think of these things as being like. Uh, sort of didn't that happen 10 years ago or something and it's really hard to remember that five years ago uh, a lot has taken place in those times yeah i mean that was such an amazing time when that was actually happening. oh yeah people were i remember you were there uh, that it was and it, what was really fun is there was a lot of kill radio djs that used to be here that were really almost embedded there uh i i was there on an off and on basis but i know that uh People like Umberto and uh, a couple other Kill Radio DJs, uh, Claire, they were they were there pretty much off and on for uh, a while there. Um, yeah, so, I, I actually camped out. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was that kind of an atmosphere. Like, well, you want to stay? Yeah, stay. And it was like everybody was. It, it was a nice exchange, not only of ideas, but you got to meet your friends that you hadn't seen in a while. It's like, what are you doing here? Well, I just decided to come down. I remember at one point. Critical Mass went down there, and we all rode down there, and we were just joking. And this is when Josh was still going on the rides and stuff from Food Not Bombs, and he mm-hmm. was he was he still works here. I mean, it's not like we we don't every day think about Josh or at uh, Kill Radio, but um, 
he, some of the original software and programs were written by him and uh, uh, Chris Burnett and, and what have you. And Kill uh, Radio, for those of you at kpfk.org, uh, is where we stream. Yeah, from from, from here. And so it, it's kind of amazing to hear that uh, there's there's still some sort of. Uh, well, I mean, we we have a history. Everybody thinks of us as just starting like on Tuesday with the internet, and uh, you know, it's on your iPhone or your your iPad. This is before anybody even thought of social networking in that sort of sense. And and lo and behold, it, it came to that point. Anyway, there's the phone again, and we'll continue the stream or the string in a minute. Hey, what's up? What's up? Who's this? I'm Abraham. Abraham? Yeah. Is this the Avram that I know or the new Avram? No, this is the Avram that you know. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Had a long time. Yeah, I have been. Um, I'm doing good. I'm right here in the neighborhood. Thought I'd come and uh, pay you a little visit. All right, come on up. You know where it is? Yeah, yeah. I'll be right there. Okay. We'll see you. Bye. Well, there you go. More people calling in and, and showing up. Anyway, uh, just to continue with this, uh, the... Um, the, the farm held not only the uh, possibility of of getting something green in Los Angeles. Um, for the longest time, they, they touted it not only here, but all over the world. I, I remember hearing reports on, of all things, the BBC World. You're kidding. And, yeah, no, they talked about it as, um, like, uh, one of the one of the, the hopes in this fight against uh, global warming and the idea that... Uh, you, you you know you grow your own food locally and, and what have you and for the longest time I used to support um, my Hollywood uh, farmers market but then I started to go to these other places and it wasn't just because oh you're going just to to do your political action it was like no there was really good food at these things and uh, heirloom kind of vegetables that you couldn't get there I know that there were a couple of people that had, had come over from um, uh, Phnom Penh and and specifically the Cambodian region with uh, uh, I, I don't know how they did it, but they were able to either procure or find similar um, uh, strains of vegetables in their homeland and start growing them here and then using them in food that was here. And so it had a different, uh, totally unique taste other than how, how we would taste things. And I, and I use the example of like when I used to travel, I'd make like food for people and they would go, wow, this is what are you doing? And I say, oh, I'm just using some some basil and some, uh, uh, you know, whatever this way. And they say, wow, that's, that's really great. And if you think about it, it's like what we take for granted is our own, our own things is now, uh, uh, full circle for, for those things. So anyway, uh, the, the cooking aspect of that is, uh, pretty unique. Nice, and, nice transition. And maybe that's, <laughs> yes, you know exactly where I'm going with this, but, um, it, it was, uh, something that we, uh, were able to, uh, impart to other people. It was an amazing, we're talking, Avram, we're talking about the South Central Farm. Yeah. And they're going to be doing a ride today, I guess, down there. It's their fifth anniversary, and they're also doing this. Yeah, we're going to bring the other mic into the conversation, Avram, who, who has been doing um, some cooking on his on his bike and, and uh, procuring meals for people. Avram, do you, are you still doing your little chef specialty? That thing doesn't work. That mic doesn't work. It does as well. Oh, that's the one next, right next to it. The one right next to it. Yeah, no, I'm not doing the vegan tacos. What happened? The chorizo, soy chorizo tacos. Yeah, soy chorizo tacos made from scratch. Well, mostly from scratch. Uh, You know, besides the 
the you were going down to uh, McDonald's and just buying their stuff and chopping it up and putting it in taco, right? <laughs> okay, no, so we're, we're joking. Only, only in state of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. But we, we joke about that because so much of what, what uh, we would consider like a food truck or something is now they're, they're trying to reinvent it in the mainstream and, and um, lo and behold, uh, try and get some sort of money. And, I, and you're saying, no, you're, this is impossible. I, I don't know if you've seen some of those uh, Apollo Loco uh, kind of commercials. They really are trying to make it seem like they're a food truck or something, which is kind of not the same thing. I, I think no, there's, there's a border between what is somebody that has to travel on the street and actually make it, and they're sort of living on the fact that if, it, if it's good, nutritious food, people will buy it versus people seeing the food and it's like if they don't want it they're they're just going to go to the next food truck or they're going to go to the next uh, brick and mortar establishment or something so avram you when you said you're in the neighborhood you were really down the hall weren't you <laughs> he was so. he was literally 10 feet away i you like know, that I, I would like to comment on the fact that uh, I, I know in the in the past um, uh, or even if it's all, uh, still happening that you know there would be bike rides and then there'd be like a, a, a service truck a lunch truck of some sort that would cater to to the bicycle rider uh, of some, you know, in some way, uh, was to promote the the crew or not. But um, yeah, the incentive behind bicycling and actual bicycling catering and um, and creating a truck from, you know, is I think is much more uh, credible than than getting service from some lunch truck that has healthy foods or whatnot. So you take a bike, and st- so it's a it's a food bank. Yeah, it was bike hitched on a trailer and converts into a lunch truck. And, and, and what was the uh, uh, what was the square tonnage on that that you were carrying around? Square tonnage on about a hundred. About a hundred. All these guys are carrying around a hundred pounds in their bike, and you're going, "Well, that seems gee, to be the that's that's the limit for a lot of people. It's like they carry more than ten pounds, or." You see these kids in their fixies with the tube and a, and a thing, and it's like, wow, that's it. That's all I can carry. <laughs> so yeah, this no. this kind of sets a, another trend for for maybe getting a, a bike that's uh, what, what would we call this? More like a uh, a uh, oh, those um, bikes with the specialty thing on it, with the extra cycle, or or this is your own version of a homemade extra cycle, almost like a trailer there, right? True. It's basically um, it, it's a uh, it was a carriage. Um, if I, I don't know, I always call it a wagon. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's um, you know some amount of a super a superstore or whatnot, and I uh, just basically took it all apart and used it as a trailer and had all my equipment on there, tied it down, and then um, it, I would have it set to assemble into uh, you know an attractive uh, truck. Sit here. Did did somebody actually one day tell you how to do this, or did you just look online and say, "Hey, I need to carry all this equipment. I better if I don't get it there, I don't have a job." Or did you actually look at just how people transported things all around the world? I know that there's been a couple videos. One in particular, I know that the Cycle Girls had one, which was called "Carry Freedom," which was how to make a bamboo trailer and and carry around stuff. I'm wondering if that was an incentive or did you just look at it and say, oh, I got to do this by Tuesday and it's Monday or um, something? It was a mix of both. Um, it was um, It was a mix of both, he said, and we're going to let right. him talk into the microphone. Yeah, one was, uh, basically it was, okay, I need to do something now. So it's like tomorrow's Tuesday and it's, and it ha- something has to get done. So I worked with what, what was in front of me. 
Oh. And and basically that was that bike trailer that, that um, was in my possession and and I converted it. Um, but there was other attempts in creating using other um, already made trailers. Um, but yeah, weight is definitely something that has to take that has to be taken into consideration. Yeah, and we we think about transportation of of just I, I'm I'm guessing this is materials you need to work with that. There's a certain amount of stuff that you do carry on your bike or things that you have to make uh, safe on your bike. And we're going to listen to a ride that I just went on right now and while we take a break and talk to Abram off, off mic for a second. This is the downtown ride, and you're going, well, what does this have to do with transporting things? Well, you're going to hear in a minute, uh, just in a brief second, what it does. This is Bike Talk on uh, Kill Radio and KPFK on the on the webcast uh, podcast. And here we go. Um, you're immersed into bike week in the downtown ride here on on bike talk yeah oh um who's riding the kango sir sir i'm noticing that you excuse me for a second you brought this uh dutch bike out today yes well what did you get it first of all and how do you like riding it um, I love riding it. I throw my kids in there, throw some uh, gummy bears and whatnot up front, yeah. pedal, and they just chill, and I get the ride, and get to get them out of the house. They're in stuff. front of you, so you know yeah. that they're not, like, falling off or doing They fell out a couple times, but I actually see they fall out, so I'm able to back around and pick them up. But now, they were on the back in a trailer, it's become disconnected. I might not know for blocks away. Now, where did you get this thing from? I actually got it online. Got it online? Yeah, it came in a box. It came in a box? Two of them. And it, one came smashed, the other one came intact. Ooh. Put it together and started writing it. So what, what did you do with the smashed one? Did you build a new box for no, it? No, 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 one of my friends bought it. Oh, okay. So they don't go this way. Uh, very nice. Uh, taking it on a lot of rides or yes, just uh, putting your kids around? Rode it to Venice last weekend. <laughs> From L.A., I guess. Yeah. Wow. Rode all the way back. He was sleeping. He's here right here at the chosen front. Did take it out like on the weekends. Very nice. I'm noticing the insignia. Are you one of the L.A. wheel guys? No, just outlaw. <laughs> That's even better. What's your name, Mr. Allen? What's your first name? Fran. Fran, nice to meet you. I'm Chicken Leather. Yes, you are. I, <laughs> you don't have to confirm that. Well, I like it. Is there anything we should know about it? Here, the first time I rode a Bakfia, they told me, don't ride the bike like you're going you're to be able to change. Ride it with about five feet, like where you want to be in five yeah. feet. No, I rode my tall bike. It's my main bike for like a couple years uh-huh. before I got this. And when I got this, it was nothing like tricky. Oh, uh, okay. So train on a tall bike. And then you can handle one of these, right? All right. Well, we we'll look forward to seeing you today. Thanks for talking. All right, now. Where's Joseph and his boss? He's probably with his kid today because it's his day off. Or actually, I think he's opening the shop up at 10, you know, bike week, getting ready for tomorrow. And you? You've got a. We saw, really each other at the, we saw each other at the uh, bike corral. Absolutely. Right. Okay. This is still a beautiful bike. I love this thing. You didn't it's bring like your sound system. The Yankee Clipper. Well, you know, I'm not the. I'm not throwing this little. <laughs> this little dog and pony show this morning. It's still a pretty bike. Thank you. All right. I've been trying to. I missed. I missed the mayor of of, of uh, Pasadena yesterday. But somebody said, you know what? It's, it, it rained and he, oh, I said, no, it was beautiful. It was just that I got out there, I went a block and my tire blew. Yeah. So I had to, had to, I started to change it. 
Then I realized I'm, I'm, I'm late. Then somebody called from, from the radio station. And it was like everybody had a call there, you know? Yeah. And I finally said, okay, this is this is somebody telling me I should, like, relax and Not everything. Today. Yeah. So I went home and pulled all the footage. They want me to do the, uh, the video for... Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting ready to cool. go. That's right. Stop it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop in here just for a second and, and let you know that uh, it was raining there too that day. Uh, a little light precipitation. So we're gonna listen in to how they handle it on the ride in the downtown ride around Metro on Bike Week. All right. Excellent. Midnight Riders. <laughs> It's a midday rainers, I think. It's raining now. Say hi to Josh for me. All right, I will. You can say hi to Josh. I've been both as well. He So the rain hasn't deterred us, but we're seeing a new kind of bike come out here. Look at uh, the, it's a kangoo, not to be confused with Aussie drinking habits and pets. It's a cargo goo, huh? It carries the ice chest with all the beer. Ah, oh, oh, so we've tied in a, a drinking aspect to it. Starting out. Picking up a little chop there. Let's wave to the camera. And, and at this point, there's a good sheet of rain coming down at you. And yet nobody is deterred from it. So do you get hazard pay for coming out on these things? No, it's fun pay. <laughs> no, no, I watched the Jiro this morning. I got no sleep. So, uh, so anyway, this was uh, in the middle of the Jiro. I think this was maybe stage 10 or 12 uh, during, during the ride. And of course, uh, it's really coming down. And of course, Lynn from Metro was... Uh, um, imparting some much-needed encouragement as we, we took to the streets here. Uh, around, right now, the uh, downtown Alvera Street, where, uh, lo and behold, uh, today, right now, uh, Carlos is on his ride. See if they can paste the can So, um, th this is from Bike Week. Yeah, this is, this, this is from Bike Week. This is uh, the downtown metro fun ride, quote-unquote. How many rides did you go on? I, th I think I went on about maybe four out of the five or six rides. I, I didn't get, like I said, to the, some of the Pasadena rides only because I, I had some uh, employment that week. And I also had uh, uh, a little, as you heard, uh, a, a couple of uh, breakdowns. Yeah. I think the seat might be a little low for you. And, and you kind of wonder how, how some of these other rides do it without a support crew. I'm always amazed that... that how many people we get through the ride? If you think about Midnight Riders is starting out with a thousand people, and it's usually close to that much that ends the ride. You have to respect it that we're moving that many people around town, and it, with with the uh, the sort of query that uh, they're getting there, carrying their own stuff, feeding them, and and having fun. So it's kind of a way to move an army around, so to speak. Yeah. So you guys are now, what street is this? Uh, this is uh, Los Angeles Street, uh, and I'm uh, deliberately shooting more backs than I am uh, fronts because I wanted to show people that, uh, sort, of, sort of give people the idea that they're on the ride. What did you say, man? Uh, uh, 
4,000 more people, you can make your own political party. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> well, that, I, I think that's what um, um, they were trying to do with uh, uh, Mr. Box was trying to do. But uh, I, th I think that was also because of um, the, what is it, sort of the flair that uh, what's good for bikers, we always like to believe, is good for everybody. And I, I, I'm, I'm the first one to tout that kind of thing. And Can you imagine if everybody rode bikes? First of all, healthcare would be on a on a subliminal kind of par because everybody would be healthy from this. And second of all, their nutrition would probably be a little better. I don't know. Do you do you eat crap and still ride your bike? I'm, I'm kind of finding that I, I have to eat less and less sugary foods, probably more the more, more protein and and carbs that are good for you. I notice I eat lighter, much much lighter, because the, the yeah. water is much more comfortable than being absolutely completely more food. vegetables, more salads. I'm noticing. So here we go. The ride's coming up. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this is my attempt at being politically incorrect. I'm asking, I think, Mike about the Black Riders thing. And it's, of course, why did I ask the white guy about the Black Riders thing? Well, it's the same deal, but it, it's kind of funny because he, I know he had been on. Um, they had gotten a, a grant, and in fact, I even posed this to. Uh, uh, during the talk that uh, I think it was Cycle was sponsoring street films and Damien said, well, we got a grant from uh, the Bonet Foundation. So obviously, if the Bonet Foundation gives you so much money, you do the film, but you also have money left over to do your own projects or, or sort of equate it further. What are you talking about? Uh, there's a particular... Oh, there's a, there are a particular group of riders. They're just black riders that go around and they, they sort of congregate. It's not because nobody will invite him on anybody else's ride but it was just that it was fun to be with you know uh something to do yeah in, in your section of town and in, you know you, you live in south central there's more likely to find black and hispanic riders than you know maybe white kids from the valley or something down there so yeah. you go on a ride with them and and, it, and it's funny because we always think of like the bike community being groups and being colorblind or or, or color or whatever and i i think it's just the opposite i i, I meet Jewish people when I ride a bike. I meet, uh, you know, uh, all, uh, every political group, every every whim of whatever. And it, and it was funny. For a while, it was like people were saying, you know, he's he's Republican. I'm going, what, is that going to keep me from riding a bike with him? I mean, I, I like to see every person on a bike, and especially maybe maybe you'll get the idea that if he rides with more like, like uh, – Flaging, li flagging ri liberals on these rides, and he'll 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 say see where we're going. So anyway, let's get back to Mike and see how politically incorrect I've gotten at this point in the conversation. Like the valley, yeah, yeah. And we live in Alhambra every day or every other day. She'll ride to and from work. See, that's a ride. That's yeah. a good one. She hits the bike, the bike uh, lane, uh, the bike path uh -huh. on the. In the river? Oh, that's a great ride. Yeah, it's so a she's nice actually ride. using it. Wow, she's one of the rare ones that uses the, the river lane as a commute. That's right. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I actually used it like once or twice to get to my job, but it was only because you know I was taking back like uh, paperwork. So you guys are talking about his. He says that. Well, he was you're talking about his. I think his wife or his girlfriend, a significant other that's uh, that does that that section of the ride. And and of course, this is just against every stereotype. They live in Alhambra and they're black, as opposed to you know where where the demographics could tell you the lid. And the other thing is, she's also doing that that singular route is, is mainly Hispanic down downtown. 
to whatever. You know what? It's kind of funny because we live in Los Angeles. There is no breakout area for like in New York where it's like, oh, now you're off Mott Street in whatever. This should be designated uh, this or this. I, I, I think it's the idea that where in New York it may be like a, a subwide array to, an, to another kind of neighborhood or area. Here in L.A., it's everybody lives everywhere and there's no designation thing. And, it, and that's what I kind of find funny when they say things like historic hi-fi. Yes, it's historic, but now you have... I think Avram has more, a comment about everybody more lives Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Um, you know, mentioning that when, when you were talking about the liberals and this and that, but nonetheless, like the bike movement, I can't help but think that, you know, it's something that Los Angeles or just about every metropolitan city that that is not so... Um, uh, hasn't been so evolved with with bicycling or whatnot, but as evolving health consciously is something that maybe these cities been waiting for. You know, oftentimes you see these gyms just popping up everywhere, and all that's in there is these uh, in place um, track bike things. You know, yeah, that yeah. they exercise on, but they're just sitting there, either listening to their iTunes or watching television while they're cycling. And yeah, that's amazing. You that's know, now it's like it's trying to break free from that. It, some, it, it's funny way. because and that's where the third part, I'm going to try and find that here. Yeah, uh, yesterday on of all places marketplace, they had a report on bicycles and we're going to let uh, the, the public listen to it. But let's let's get back to see what uh, Dan was saying there on cycle here. I think he said it and uh, we're, we're going to yeah, this is the beauty of video. We can actually go backwards for a little bit. Let's see, without without ruining the 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 um, I like this here. the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's getting nice. Yeah, everybody always lounges in that corner there. It's it's. I, I'm thinking of putting in a, a a little more of a chase lounge there in the corner. We're here at Kill Radio, the the spacious studios, and you're listening to Kill Radio and the Todd, webcast. Todd, here is Dan. <laughs> I, th I came this morning, I thought the thing they were setting up over here in front of the police station was for us. And they looked at me like, no, why would we want to feed bike riders? No, that, that was a joke that uh, the same day they had this ride, the police were doing something in front of their place and they had this huge food spread. And I'm, I'm saying like, you know, we think of bike riders maybe eating a few things and that was a joke on on the spoken art rights that uh that's going on tonight that uh people would get to an art gallery and they just eat everything up but it's it's just the opposite uh you you really don't need a lot when you're when you're riding you get down to the basics and maybe that's what i was saying you know vegetables uh carbs and and a few things i mean you could put it away but then you burn it really fast or something but mm -hmm. it has to be like a constant kind of thing so they had so much food there and I think it was all for the cops. So these, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're running, burning it off. So what what anyway. was this ride that they had the food at? Uh, this was this wasn't a ride. This was just the the cops had something the same morning. We were they were doing the downtown ride, and, and it was really funny because it was like a minute or two away from them. So this was this was downtown at Union Station, and this was over in front of their police station. And and I just rode to all the different ones until I found somebody that I knew, and they said, oh, no, no, it's down at downtown. So it was kind of like hit and miss. I didn't have any kind of social networking or a phone or anything. So let's hear where they are on the ride now with the rain coming down. You didn't get one, huh? She's like, nah. I know. I was like, whatever, dude. And I was the one that asked. Because you were... You were dumb, you weren't even gonna even ask us. <laughs> 
this is, I think they're going uphill and making a turn on Hill Street here. Going, going downhill. Yeah. No, it was raining. This is, a, this is uh, I, I bet you the conditions are pretty similar how they are now with uh, the overcast and stuff that we get all the time. Uh, this is somebody that was Danish that had okay, been over so there. And they they, they actually, this is one of the Metro guys. He brought back, I guess they have what they call a, a rain seat cover. And he had it on his bike, and it was kind of cool. So That's for um, people who want to call in. One of those. 213-252-0998. Uh, okay. Well, uh, that, that's that ride. And um, there was, uh, uh, it was, you know, basically showing you some of the shortcuts around Los Angeles in the morning. But, of course, at that time, Everything seems to be a shortcut because the the traffic is was pretty much non-existent, it, and, okay. and everybody's saying what, non-existent in downtown LA. I think a lot of people now take alternative uh, types of transportation, or they're parking their car and getting here earlier. They're they're staggering their trips. So what used to be traditionally the rush hour at maybe eight to nine in the morning now has been sort of spread out between seven and ten. People get there at, at different times. Their employers letting them do that. Um, so chicken leather. Yes. Um, Medium mammal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your What's your handle, uh, Avram? He doesn't have one. We're gonna give him Food Boy or something like that. Avram, you don't have a handle. A handle. Um, slug. Slugs. Slugs. Perfect. No, it's another, no. It's part of the animal kingdom. No, it wasn't that. Wasn't that uh, uh, Josh's old one? Or he was slugs. Oh, that's true. He was had yeah. an S, like bike talk with an S. Yes, slugs, bike talks. So anyway, <laughs> but um, it it's uh, we we did a lot of uh, riding that morning in the rain, and I'm I'm just trying to tell people that uh, sometimes you can ride in the rain. We we always find that if you keep your gear dry, that's always the key. Because uh, and by that I mean. Uh, another coat or something, you can get totally soaked, or your tools. You're 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 sort of going. I don't know, man. I've been in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Well, you know, you I'll get to a point where it's uh, you cannot ride in the rain if it gets yeah. too hard. But th this isn't rain. It's just overcast right now. Well, anything in the rain is just about fun, I'd say. And, I mean, yeah, you want to keep your gear protected and equipped and you know you want to be equipped right you ride. i'm usually riding with video stuff and so i have to give it a little bit more uh, encouragement and things so the other part of of what we uh, were, were i was trying to tell these guys or or doing these things was um the idea we we talk about the nutritious part of this thing and some of the offsets of eating right and maybe biking a little more and um this is what i was going to introduce before uh, it's uh, something that they were running on TMZ. So this is what Main Street audiences are doing. Let's see if we can't do this right now. Oh, I didn't get to it. Yeah, let's try it again. And kill radio. Hey, you know what? What's up, Ethan? How are you, dude? Good. How are you? Ethan Supley. Remember, he used to be big guy, and I was a little guy. Yes. So remember, he said he lost all the weight by uh, bicycling. He's not joking. We get him outside King's Road Cafe. 
full like spandex racing outfit. You know, he's embarrassed that we come up home with the camera. He's like, I'm telling you, nobody wants to see this. This ain't pretty. Look. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So we asked, you know, about some bike riding stuff, and I guess there's these bikes out now with no brakes. You know those new bikes that don't have brakes that people are always riding? Those are idiots, those kids on those bikes. Why would you ride a bike with no brakes? There's brake. brakes, you slow it down with your feet. It's yeah, a fixed it's gear. Like, is that the worst? That's the worst thing for a kid when the first time you hit that bar. Oh, you mean the crotch oh, yeah. bar. Ow. It's worse for young girls because they lose their virginity on it. That's what happened to me. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> eh? It's worse for girls if you're in a really bad bike accident. Whatever, I lost my virginity on a bike, too. <laughs> it's a weirder story, but... <laughs> Later. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, man? What's up, man? We got this guy, Brandon Scott Perry, right? He's walking along in Santa Monica, and he's got a bike next to him. And so we say, hey, I just who, heard... who is Brandon Scott? You're gonna Perry. find out. So I gotta listen to something. No, right. the next yes, word I was gonna say was gonna explain who he was. Jesus, three seconds. You heard you made it all the way across the country. Yeah, 2,354 miles. 2,354 miles on the bike. Uh, actually, the first 600 miles I did on foot. He rode his bike across the country. So he's doing this for his grandpa who has prostate cancer. Wait a minute. How how long? Oh boy. Well, 23 what? 54. He came from Kentucky. They did a big send-off in Cincinnati, Ohio when I left. So hold on. You get 2,475 air miles for um, going from Los Angeles to New York. So how can riding a bike be shorter than air miles? It makes no sense he to me. Came from Kentucky. He, he came from Kentucky. Listen. Oh. Kentucky was the first words he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Brandon. I yeah, appreciate no it. Yes, a little bit of humor from uh, TMZ. Hey, they brought up a couple of questions that we always kid about. One was, uh, as we watch somebody, yeah, that's that's usually what you see on TMZ. But uh, no, but uh, um, it's uh, uh, literally uh, they're they're amazed when when stars lose weight or when stars put on weight or in this case uh, they're either getting ready for dancing for the stars or something like this, but. When somebody just on their own starts losing weight because they're riding a bike, it's like it makes news, which I think is like, wait a second, it should make news that you're fit and that you're, you found another way to uh, sort of tackle the, the problem that we all kind of face here. And um, having said that, here on uh, KPFK on the, on the webcast and uh, Kill Radio for Bike Talk, um, we, we like to believe that uh, we're doing our little part to tell you that it's okay to be part of this fringe quote-unquote group and maybe get your friends involved with it. And that being said, tonight is um, the art ride, right? The, um, the monthly spoken art ride that they do out of uh, Northeast Los Angeles and specifically the bike oven slash flying pigeon over there. Um, we're going to play for you a little bit of audio from that in a minute. Go ahead. Go when ahead. Say starting? something. When, when is that? Well, that's, that's tonight. I think it, they meet up about 6.30 and they leave about 7 and they've been doing it that way for a while. There was some sort of argument once that somebody showed up and said, you left without me. 
<laughs> they said, what? No, no, no. Why would we leave Rally? They said, I thought we well, were going to talk about that. Yeah, later. yeah. They said, well, you, you got there and you left without me. And it was like, no, no, no. There's there's three separate rides. I mean, there's there's a fast ride. There's like a middle kind of everybody ride. And then if you, for some reason, couldn't get your act together enough and had to show up <laughs> 10 or 20 minutes late, we're still there. And in fact, uh, last time I was the uh, DFL, the designated last one, to do that. And lo and behold... On cue, who should walk in but this month's artist in residence from um, the bike oven. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his art in, in a bit. But uh, we, were, we were talking about that. And the other thing we were talking about is the cure that uh, this guy went on for his own dad with, with cancer and stuff. So I, I could keep talking, but I think we're going to let somebody answer the phone here. Hold on. Uh, we're going to discuss that for a second, but oh, as the phone goes sideways. But we we just wanted to touch on that that uh, we want to commend everybody that's out on these AIDS rides or uh, that's that's doing their bit to find a cure for these things as we uh, sort of negotiate the phone and stuff. We're going to listen to the race report from Eric right now. Uh, it is Co Radio. Let me throw him up on the telephone. Nick, are you there? Uh, this will be Eric. Eric. Uh no, no, that's not my name. But um, I, I prefer to stay anonymous at this point. Um, this gentleman is staying anonymous. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hi, hi, Eric. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's, what's new? Uh, so we got the World Naked Bike Ride today. It's going to be the second consecutive year that we're doing it in Los Angeles. Ah. And uh, the response has been pretty overwhelming. Um, you know, we're expecting hundreds of people. Uh, it's really kind of hard to say. But the exact numbers will be, but it's going to be a pretty involved and joyous pack that we'll be bringing around Los Angeles to spread the message. Wow, is this once a year? It is. It's once a year, and it happens in over 100 major cities and 20 different countries around the world on the same day. And what's the, what's the purpose of the naked bike ride? Uh, it's, the, it's a protest ride to spread a message that we as humans are very vulnerable on the road and in the environment at large. Um, you know, there's a cyclist rights element to it. There is a sustainable living element to it. And uh, it's the idea that we're perfectly capable of uh, moving around in the city uh, without, you know, being uh, second-class pedestrians or without uh, using oil. Okay, and so you have hundreds of people naked on bikes. Is that correct? That's the idea. Um, you know, everyone is encouraged to uh, ride as bare as they dare or ride at their own risk. Um, it is a protest ride. It is a... First Amendment thing, and um, yeah, it's one of the risks that we all take. And I, I remember reading on your uh, in your in event uh, page that you can wear like flesh-colored stockings if you're not afraid to go naked. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, get creative. You can wear whatever you like, really. Um, you know, some people are. Elite. We had a lot of girls in bikinis last year. Um, we had uh, one photographer just come out of the cover event, and he wore Sounds a flesh-colored bodysuit. Um, so, yeah, really, whatever you like, costumes are totally encouraged. Um, we we remind people to bring, you know, a small clothing option if they want to ride nude and, you know, decide halfway through that they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's really about just getting out there and participating and um, help uh, creating the spectacle and spreading the message. So have you done this before? Oh, we did it last year, and... Um, you know, this is our second year. Before that, Los Angeles had not participated, even though the ride's been around for about um, eight years now. And it's already up to hundreds of people. 
Yeah, um, I think uh, just after last year, we saw that it could work, and that you know everyone had a great time. It was peaceful, and uh, we thought the response was really positive from everyone we came across. And uh, just since then, um, it's kind of snowballed. We got a question here: Is the route going to take you through Glendale? Uh, you know, no, it's not. But uh, interestingly enough, last year the uh, the Glendale police made a um, made a little barricade to make sure that we did not go into Glendale, which is pretty funny because oh. we had no intention of it. But we heard that they were there and like waiting for us because they, uh, they had all their furniture piled up to. <laughs> no, no. They said, uh, uh, I from here a couple of cars like waiting at certain intersections and that kind of thing. So apparently Glendale is not down, and uh, maybe we'll work on them next year. But um, yeah, yeah, tell them, tell them not to worry. But we know Glendale's bike friendly. So what? I uh, mean, it's beyond bikes, really. I mean, it's um, it's the idea of yeah. this being a protest, right? This isn't this isn't like a critical mass where it's just about kind of getting out there. Um, and in getting involved in the community, I mean, we we definitely love that aspect of it, but um, it it is more than just a group bike ride, and um, I think that's where uh, you know certain certain people or certain institutions might take issue with it. Uh, so, do you think biking is like a civil rights issue? Yeah. Eric. Eric's hung up, or no, he was cut off by the FBI. You, you scared him away with that issue, with that talk of, of civil rights issue. See, it's like the gay issue, man. You mentioned, you know, don't ask, don't tell. It's the same thing with yeah. bike riders. You're you're up, man. I, I did really keep you lower just so I can hear myself oh. above you. See, yeah. No, um, it's the so board, man. <laughs> Come on, I wouldn't so do that to you. I'd like to hear a recap of that after it's after it happens. What the the naked ride? Yeah, well, you're gonna have to make a decision. Maybe if you went and did the South Central ride with a camera naked, I bet you that's him. How do I know? It sounds like his ring. Hey, this is uh, what was it, Eric or Aaron? And uh, yeah. Well, what was he talking about? Ask him. Who are you? Um, yeah. Uh, so we were. I guess we're talking about. Uh, where the, uh, can you say where the ride meets? It could be Eric. I don't think it's Eric. No, I, I, you know, it's one of the precautions that we take. Um, we've done the best we can to get it out to everyone who RSVP'd on Facebook and everyone who contacted us by email. And we stopped sending out the address around um, 10.30 a.m. this morning just because we have other preparations to make. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you want to come cheer us on, um, look for us in downtown or Echo Park. Um, biking around and, all over downtown looking for you to cheer you on. Hey, you know, it's... Um, I, I I think it's worth your time. Um, last year alone was uh, was pretty hilarious, just you know from a third person point of view, and um, I think this year is gonna definitely top that. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, I guess if you gave out your location, you'd have a lot of looky lose. Uh, looky lose. Yeah, you know, it's just um, it's one of the risks that we all decided we would rather avoid. It's also out of consideration for um, the very generous person who uh, is hosting us for the pre ride, and um, yeah. There's an after party too, right? Uh, true. Yes. Is it a naked after party? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, um. <laughs> Aren't you dating there, uh, Nick? <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Eric. And I guess we'll will we see uh, anything about it on Facebook afterwards? Uh, yeah, I'm sure Facebook, and then um, we have a couple of different uh, photographers coming to document. So I'm sure there will be uh, albums here and there. So, yeah, thanks for your interest, and I uh, appreciate your time. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric.
Bye, guys. Bye. All right. That was Eric, not his real name, with the naked bike ride. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we sort of equated there, and I, I sort of hinted there that uh, there there's a definite schism between nakedness and, and sexual frivolity, which I think a lot of people sort of mix up, right? Yeah. The, don't confuse the two. Yeah. Let's, we're not going to confuse the two. There's, there's a certain amount of, like, kids being naked or you being naked or whatever versus, you know, being aroused. So this isn't the point to get aroused, guys, okay? Yeah. It's not the world aroused, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's coming up later in a, in a Midnight Riders, but no, we, we joke about that because I think that's that's good always point. what we we see people doing. Yes, Ibram's saying that's a good point. Well, I like, like to think it is. Anyway, uh, we're back here on Bike Talk, and we were talking about nutrition and stuff. And um, I don't know how we went from nutrition. Oh, I, I know exactly how he meant to nutrition. He's pointing at Andrew right now. Andrew. We got into art because tonight, lo and behold, maybe the after party is the art ride, but uh, the second Saturday of the month is always in uh, Northeast Los Angeles uh, at uh, the Flying Pigeon slash Bike Oven, or the Bike Pigeon or the Flying Oven, as we like to call it. Uh, there is the uh, wall that we still keep for the art wall, and we do this uh, ride to uh, five of the art galleries. We've been doing it now for the last, I don't know, four or five years. And tonight... Uh, lo and behold, in the studio right now, we have the artist in resident uh, here. Uh, and you know what? We're going to let him talk for himself. This is Andrew Heitink. And um, Andrew, uh, we notice here, uh, along with the, the flyer we have here. Yes. Uh, that's, that's not your CD. No. That's, trust me. Uh, we did. Um, we have been uh, talking to people and artists in general about uh uh, their work and, and what have you. So th we take this opportunity right now to uh, talk to you and, and ask you about. Uh, um, you, you've got an art showing now going on. Yes. Um, I know I was there yesterday when you put part of it up, but uh, tell me a bit about your art. Well, basically, um, I'm an artist. I don't really proclaim or go around. Um, Hold on a second. We want to make sure yeah. this this microphone. You, Get a little. I think this is here. Hold on. Let's see. There we go. There we go. Okay. There we go. Try that. Okay. Well, I'm an artist. Um, I've been self-taught. I've been making art since I was a kid. Um, I've never really walked around and claimed myself to be an artist or anything of that nature. I just make art, sort of, just to make art. It's sort of a um sporadic thought process that just gets thrown together and put on canvas, on paper, on anything I can literally think of that just sort of um is there for your enjoyment for you to see for you to take home i guess i don't know all right with 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 without defining art here for everybody and yeah. getting into a long <laughs> uh, abstract discussion about not being an artist or not being a surrealist or not being whatever and not an artist um we're, we're gonna ask you how in fact you got to the bike oven yesterday to put up your art that that seemed to be a novel way that people um, that was just all on my bike you did that on your um, bike can you I, tell me what kind of bike you're riding over there well, with all see. this weight i have a fixed gear bike and fixed i also gear have bike. a old touring bike i ride an old touring bike so which bike did you take day. over yeah, there yesterday i rode my fixed gear you took your fixed gear yesterday with the fixed gear it was <laughs> from, a quick distance from my house so i just hopped on and just shot up there real quick so you went from Koreatown? Basically Koreatown area. To, to Northeast Island. Yeah, to Island Northeast Park. Los Angeles. Oh, so over at the bike oven there on thirty seventh to Figueroa. Exactly. 
um, on your fix here with all your artwork. With all my artwork on my back. Okay. Strapped to my backpack. Strapped with some to bunch his back. Of cords and I, you know, I think that it. should be a precedent. Some of these artists <laughs> should actually strap their art to their back and that, travel that, around. That with could it. work definitely. I mean, bungee cords come in handy. Not only 99 cents, and they would do great <laughs> things. You'd be surprised. Okay. Well, th- this is something that, that a lot of people don't do. Um, but uh, y- you did it, and you're using your bicycle as transportation. Definitely. Obviously, it wasn't an aesthetic thing. No. Maybe you were naked while you did it, so it was <laughs> freedom, too. But go ahead. <laughs> Nick, Nick is going to pick up a microphone again. Does your, art, does your art have to do with bikes, or is it just that um, It's just more of what's going on in my brain. It doesn't have a lot to do with bikes. I don't really base it on anything other than just um, what I'm thinking at that given moment. I kind of just splatter some paint around and move it in every can, direction. Can we see pictures online or anything? Um, there we, might be We some could, online. but we're going to... You know what? Maybe. We're going to... We're going to keep this, and I'm, I'm interrupting on purpose. We're going to let you get to tonight's art show, and all will be revealed. Yes. So once again, if you come to the art show tonight, you don't have to ask these silly questions about, is there something online? Yeah. Because you know what? That's too easy. Just clicking a button, clicking on this, and seeing somebody's artwork, that just makes it well, too easy. But yeah. a lot of the people who are listening to this... They're going to have to come to the oven. They're going to have, we'll have to come to, out we'll have to and back see and the art or... Or look at our website and we'll have because something posted it'll about be t- this. Yeah. It'll be over. Okay. Well, anyway, that being said, uh, art art in uh, the biking community. Now, uh, we want to find out if it goes the other way. Is the biking community influenced you in your art, too? Obviously, um, there's not a lot of biking bikes Biking has in there. definitely influenced me in my art. Biking uh-huh. sort of given me that um, just perspective, that other view of anything you know you kind of just ride around and see things think things in your brain and that you normally wouldn't think just outside of being in your car and all that Uh it just sort of gives you that different perspective and to the point where it's like okay that's cool and then you kind of jot that memory down in your brain and you save it and you take it from there you know so what you're talking about is there's a certain amount of freedom within yeah definitely there's definitely within that that it's more of like a serene type feeling to where it's like it just hits you. It's realization almost, you know? Something uh-huh. that you normally wouldn't get being stuck inside of your car or on a bus or anything, you know? It's reflective almost, I guess. Now, the last two times we've had an artist and resident over there, they've, they've actually come on the ride, and I think they enjoyed yeah. being on the ride more than some of the spectators, we'd say. The yeah. artist uh, looked at it and said, you know, I'm, I'm sort of influenced or able to see so much art sort of compacted into one night that it, it just and, and to be part of it it's, it really helps do you feel that same way too definitely i mean art ride uh, the spoken art ride is one of my favorite rides i mean it's a um good chance to get out and just kind of see everything that you normally wouldn't see i love riding a bicycle i love artwork and they just go hand to hand together on that ride personally yeah and, and just just for everybody we're, we're we're not doing a tremendous amount of mileage but we're doing a yeah. tremendous amount of like what i like to call like personal kind of uh interaction no definitely you, you see so many people you haven't seen there exactly. and then you're able to in, inversely say wow you got to go see this art and it, and it spawns not only conversation but uh goodwill uh, good cheer there's been some talk at some point that they were just uh drunken brawls on on bikes and it's wow. not like that Man, no i've never seen a drunken brawl i've never seen it I've either never, i've never been in a drunken brawl on no no not on the art ride like yes no period <laughs> <laughs> but but we kid about that because I, I think by the time we get to uh what is it young puppy or or Definitely. early puppy right or yeah. whatever the puppy I think it's is new puppy new, new puppy, puppy new puppy that's correct that everybody by that time has lost any inhibition it becomes a a quote unquote rave dance party slash art happening. There you go. Which which I, I guess that harkens back to this whole 
um, naked ride kind of Drunken freedom kind of, of yeah, yeah it's, it's all about it's, freedom it's elating kind of fantastic thing so that once again is tonight exactly. over at the bike six o'clock six o'clock that, that's oven. when the actual ride starts and then we Meet come up. back to the oven if you don't know and at 10 o'clock around 10 ish we usually uh open up our doors for the for the ride and we uh are going to be showing andrew's work Perfect. So uh, uh, 3706 North Figueroa tonight, about 10 for his opening. Exactly. But if you want to come on the ride, uh, we meet at 6.30, leave about 7. And as we said, there's three different rides that leave. So that's tonight uh, at the Flying Pigeon. Exactly. Did you want to the say something there? The Flying Pigeon. Or the bike coming. Or the bike coming. It's kind of like KPFK, Bike Talk on the podcast mm-hmm. and Bike Talk on Kill Radio Live right now. Yes. Go ahead. Except with the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the real world. It's it's cyberspace, isn't that it's something? Physical the real world. world Physi- oh, okay. Physical reality. Tangible. All right. The, the so you were going to say something, Nick? Did you have another uh, phone call? Well, yeah. We're going to hear from uh, Eric Ochoa with the race report. Oh well, there you go. And the race report coming up shortly. His real name. I I I thought Eric was the guy from. From the naked bike ride. <laughs> well, yes, we just call everybody. Yeah, you know, I like we're gonna call everybody Eric today. Yeah, like Bruce. And this is Eric from the yeah. Nutty Python thing. There's eight Bruce. So thanks for for coming in, Eric. Well, thanks, Eric. We and really appreciate Andrew, it. We're, but you're definitely we're, we're gonna <laughs> stick around. Oh, his name is Andrew. Yes, yes. You caught that. Okay. To. There you go. But anyway, um, as we said that, um, we like to. We're gonna be at the opening and have uh, uh, Eric explain a little bit of his art to us. Um, we know on the last one we had somebody explain Andrew, that. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. He's, he doesn't Eric. like, I don't think he likes Eric. the Eric. That's not my name. No, Eric is, is our, okay, never mind. Eric's doing the race report. <laughs> yes, Eric, Eric did the naked bike ride and Eric yes. is, I'm not Eric, right? I'm not Lisa not either. Go ahead. Hey, Andrew, I want to ask you a question. So, like, um, you have your art, I'm going to, I'd like to go and check it out and all that, but why don't you tell us what, what inspires you, what, what really grabs you right now as um. far as... You know, and then spilling it out into that's canvas. Well, kind of, it's just more of a um, thing that's going on. We all have these thoughts in our brain, all these thoughts of um, just, I guess, being trapped in society, trapped in anything, I guess you can say. So it's more of a freedom aesthetic. It's more of a um, mental awareness, opening consciousness type deal to the point where it's just, um, you kind of look at it and you just go, damn. That's kind of the only reaction I ever wanted was someone just to look at something and be like, damn, that's art i guess you know art doesn't have to necessarily have a meaning or a message or doesn't have to portray this beautiful thing but it has to just overall make the viewer want to say wow that's it you know just damn wow commas in between yeah kind of just capture that it kind of just takes like that i guess i don't put a lot of thought into um what the overall message is but i guess what i want to portray is just a um just awareness of self, self-awareness, I guess, that all really comes down to, you know? It just comes down to the point where, um, I don't know. I think that's pretty much the best I can put it, is self-awareness, without all trying right. to get too into details with it all, you know? Well, there you go. And, of course, go. we can see this artwork uh, by Andrew art tonight. to make art. Yeah, no, but but it's funny you say that. It's not art just to to be art. I mean, there's there's a level of art that uh, sort of works. Like, what's your medium? Um, I do acrylics. I try to find um, random objects and paint on them. This one, I did a bunch of cardboard. I took some um, 
cardboard, some random papers. I have some pieces of wood I'm still working on, some pieces of glass I find. I do some canvases, but um, I don't like to go out and buy actual canvases because you find them to be too expensive sometimes, like man-made stuff, you know. I like to literally find anything, like street signs. I'll find random street signs on the street and paint on them. I'll find um, anything, anything that can be reused, you know. That's the way I kind of see it as, is... It's a good way to just sort of find things, make something, and turn something that would be otherwise waste into something that's at least something to look at. So yeah. do you show in a lot of galleries? Like, um, I've showed yeah. in a few galleries. I've had a couple art shows prior to this. Um, some of them were kind of self-financed. Last couple weeks ago, I was in, I had a piece in the um, downtown Long Beach Art Walk, which was pretty oh. cool. That was pretty cool for me. I mean, that was something that was different. That was just, I did it on a giant piece of paper. It was probably about... Sorry. 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 Anywhere between 24 by 30-something inches. And, and what's the subject oh. matter, usually? Um, usually, it's pretty much just sporadic thought. That's kind of what it boils down to. I kind of make a background, just throw some paint together, and then I'll drip some paint on it, make a line, then I'll be like, well, what is this line going to be? And I'll go from there and just so sort it, of make it all. Is it's it abstract? Of, it's not abstract. It's kind of il- illustrative, but it's also kind of... Um, just whatever's going on in my brain. Really. Are they like people? People? Um, they're faces, people, objects. They're birds. I do a lot of birds. I have this thing for birds. I like birds a lot. Um, Did you study ornithology? Or? No, I've never really gone to school for any ah. of this. I went to high school. That was about it. I went to um, a semester of community college. That was about Where'd it. Where'd you go to high school? I went to high school all the way in Canyon Country, actually. Wow. Yeah, Canyon long country. distance away. And I've been all over the place since then. But, um, yeah, that's kind of just what I've done. So. Cool. It's been a good time. Do you support yourself with your art at all? I support myself, definitely. Um, it's more of a love-hate relationship like it is with anything. I love it one day. I hate it the next day. Sometimes I'll go periods where I don't make anything. Sometimes I'll go periods where I don't ever stop making anything, you know? Wow. Most of it's either given to friends and fellow people I enjoy or painted over and something else has started over again. Huh. So that's why I see it. And this is somebody we had to almost like break his arm to put any prices on his pictures. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but I, all, all prices are um, accepted. What, Negotiable. What Negotiable yes. and yes, accepted. Yes, yes, Let's yes. put it that way. <laughs> what Let's kind of, what, are, are these like $250 pieces um, of art or $500 it's up to pieces you. of art? To me, they're... $20 pieces of art? To me, I would mean... Give me a pat on my back and say awesome, and that's good yeah. enough for me. You it's know? it's kind of like it's like one of those type deals with me. You know, it's not really about the money. It's more if, about if Coldplay got into the art thing, you could put your own price on it, right? There you go. Yeah. Coldplay. There so. you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm not sure I get. It. It's just more of a. Um, it's just more about art than it is about money than it is about any type of materialism than it is about anything. About you know. So so Coldplay came out with their. <laughs> just to answer your question, Coldplay came out with their album online, and you could give it oh, any God. any price yeah, okay. you wanted to do you remember that so this is the same thing you 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 was it radiohead i think it was radiohead you're right you're right i'm I, that's why you didn't get the reference because it was a different band but they you know i wanted you to do um, it it's still english yes it's interesting you, uh, your perspective on uh on how you put uh, putting uh, well what i would say the way you're you're valuing your your art you know many um uh self uh sustained um, artists that are living off of their artists or whatnot they you know i don't know i mean i couldn't really quote anybody but i've been told even like with my taco truck that you know it was a dollar a taco 
and they're like, well, you know, that you're undervaluing yourself, or you know, you're not. Yeah. Doing it. It's Could like, be. well, you know what? It's go, but it's both ways. I think it's all in the, as they say, in the eye of the beholder. That exactly. You know, for you, it's it's like the value lies in the person that's being. That, that, that gets to be a problem with that. everything. Even it's more even of the viewer. Yeah. You know, it's more of what it's they take out of it. That's, I guess, the overall, any type of. Um, I guess worth is what you take from it. Well, that's yeah. that's the problem with some of the art. Uh, the excuse me, the bike collectives. A lot of people say, well, how, how can you undercut all these bike bike uh, shops yeah, and stuff? Definitely. And we're saying, well, we're making available you at a at a nominal, a little less fee for them. And they're saying, well, how do you keep ahead? And you're saying, is it just volume or something? You're saying, well, no, you, you're not getting it. We're trying to give you the same quality and the same care, but we're without all the, the trappings, without exactly. the advertisement that all needs frills, to make this money. You know? Yes, exactly. And I, I think a lot of people say, well, if it's undervalued, is it cheaper? If, are is you it fixing less? it with any cheaper? Yes. Are no. you using shoddy materials? Are you exactly. not doing it? Is there less, you know, whatever? And you, you have to just sometimes say. Sometimes less is more. Yes. You know? Sometimes it Always is. Always it should be, I think. Yes. The, it's You're not losing quality just because you're. I guess undervaluing what it is. No, it's yeah. just you know, it's the way I that's see. That's the beauty it. of art. Man. Yeah, it is. I think maybe, maybe that's I think it should be the that's beauty of the art. central theme today. Even with things like the South Central Farm, because you weren't paying the same price as you would pay for all the packaging and all the the ear ear kind of droppings and everything else that you'd hear with uh, a supermarket. So their advertisement and their their bottom line and to keep their business and the lights on and and their shipping costs and everything. You were just paying to have a farmer make it locally without chemicals exactly is, that in itself is worth something more than all in the other box. things i mean that should be the central thing guarantee exactly the exactly. nutritious factors in it and exactly. what have you so if you want to increase your art nutrition here uh tonight once again uh 3706 north figueroa uh at about 10 ish a- andrew will be having his uh, unveiling of his exactly. of his art tonight Awesome. And if Thank you can't you get out for, for it, it'll be up there for the entire month. Yes. Definitely. yes. Definitely. Okay, so that being said, we've moved into the fine area after covering all these things of um, uh, sort of until we hear from Eric on the phone with the race report. Um, we, we went last week on, and you've heard from all these people <laughs> just uh, in the last few minutes. We also wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, last week's uh, um, river ride that that happened, um, we we got out there and there was a tremendous amount of people uh, talking, uh, working, and uh, uh, donating their time to this, uh, including uh, some people we've already heard from. Steve from Corvo was telling us about his fine thing. He also did the ride, which was a little bit different than a lot of people uh, like to di- like to believe. And we also talked to a couple other gentlemen that uh, had. Uh, the road the ride with us. There's the phone. That's probably Eric, and we'll get back to the slot in just a second here on Bike Talk. Is this Eric? Yep. Eric, how you doing? Hold on, wait. Hello? 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 Oh. Uh, I don't know who, whose phone is it, but um, I don't think I can hear you that good. All right, well, just get... Do you have a race report, Eric? Yeah, I do. Uh, sorry for not coming in earlier. I, I noticed right now I'm getting texts in the morning. But uh, um, race report, yeah, Tour de Suisse kicked off. Right now the whole preparation for, for the upcoming Tour de on July 2nd, which is several weeks away. 
So right now, current riders are doing the Tour de Suisse, which beats the 7.4 kilometer pro course. You know, who other than Fabian Kentrick can take the win on home roads? The Criterium Dauphiné, French, but um, yeah, that's for the past week already, I believe. It concludes currently um, the Brit, Brit okay. we all know, got. I'm sorry? You keep you keep cutting out. Is your phone losing uh, signal and coming back? Yeah, let me let me check. So it's the Tour de Suisse, and Tour de Suisse. I guess they they serve a lot of chocolate on that, right? Hello. Hello. Let's just be racist, right? <laughs> okay. Um, can I continue? Yes. It sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Yeah. Um. Like I said. Um. The the Brit. Bradley Wiggins is um he held, he's currently holding the lead. He he came in about a uh, fifty four seconds after Joaquin Rodriguez today in today's stage, but um I'm not really sure the lead he has, but he has a pretty good lead. I believe it was about over at least like two minutes. So, I mean tomorrow is the final stage and he looks primed to, you know, take the overall at this race. He's won a stage at this race, the Dauphiné, which was back in two thousand three when he was with the French team coped is, but now I think taking the overall is going to be bittersweet, and I'm sure it's going to boost his morale up to come into the Tour de France this year for high overall victory, maybe a few days in the yellow jersey, because we know last year he had a terrible Tour de France where, you know, he couldn't better his fourth place, but, you know, I'm sure this year he's going to be pretty confident. All right, um, let's see, I wish I knew more informed questions to ask you. Did Chicken Leather, do you know about what he's saying? Here, hold Hello? on a second. We got a question. So, what's Contador doing differently? Hello. Hello. What What's Contador doing differently that he's not like killing everybody in this race? Huh? He was just doing it in the last. In the sprint? Yeah. Well, Contador is not a sprinter. He's a. No, no, but I I know that. But I mean, he's he's actually come back from just winning uh, the Giro. Yeah. And here he is. He's in this thing in the the top three again. I mean, it's, it it looks like he's just using this as a sort of a, a template to get to the the Tour de France here. Well, I mean, they they gave him the green light to to do the tour this year, yeah. you know, with his Clembetterol case still pending. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've said this before, you know, and, and the other times that I, that I've gone and reported on this, um, he did the Giro, he won the overall, he won, um, I believe, what it was, three stages there, and you know. A lot of riders before, during, and after the Niger were saying that this year's course was like too much. It was like extremely hard. There was a tremendous amount of summit finishes. And um, the Giro finished like two weeks ago. And I said, you know, he's not going to go into the Tour de France, you know, as prepared as he has in the past because there's just not enough, you know, break time. Even if he doesn't like pick up the bike, you know, when the Giro finished and then into the Tour, he's not going to be as fresh as he was, you know, when he's won the Tour, you know, in 2007. 2009 and last year so yeah i mean the the select brothers are going to be going in as as the favorites and i'm sure they're going to use this as an advantage because you know they're going to be fresher than contador so this is going to be their best option i mean their best chance you know to to win the tour this year well that's another great report eric um, all right come with us come to us next week and give us some more yeah all right sounds good all right Have a good day yeah you too see ya all right nick it is bike talk
here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. Were you going to say something there, Nick? No, we got like two minutes. We have like two minutes. Um, right now, we're going to try and find the theme song, but until then, we're going to highlight um, as I try to hit our new. This is some music from uh, our last resident artist, Pixel, at the beginning of the year at the Bike Coven. This is some music he did here on Kill Radio in the podcast. It's Bike Talk. 